Welcome to the best bits of the Champagne Comedy Podcast Volume 2. My name is Matt and along with regular co-hosts Alison, Daniel, Kim, Prue and Tony, we watch our old shoddy VHS episodes of The Degeneration's The Late Show, originally broadcast from 1992 to 1993 on ABC TV. Thanks for downloading this episode and or subscribing to the actual podcast itself. We really appreciate the support. We're returning shortly to review Season 2 of the Australian comedy classic, along with special guests and interviews. This is a fan-made podcast, so be prepared for poorly researched facts, poor quality audio and dodgy memories of a time where the only pandemic we were worried about was overexposure of a certain family from Sylvania Waters and a little fat kid on TV. This is our second best of volume, which covers episodes 6 to 10, so a big thank you if you've contributed to these episodes in any way, shape or form. As always, this podcast is not directly associated with Working Dog, ABC or other affiliates. This is a ChampagneComedy.com podcast made by fans for the fans. Please enjoy. I'm amazed that um, this is the first mention of Sylvania Waters that we've seen on The Late Show because both The Late Show and Sylvania Waters started, I think they started the same week. So it's been six weeks and this is the first we've sort of heard about it. Laurie and Nolan basically having an argument in the kitchen, something about, you know... He can have a bloody party if he wants to, or something like that, which just absolutely yeah. shatters the serene impression from that uh, title <laughs> sequence. Did you watch the first episode too? Well, Not enough time, but I, I definitely will now. I mean, that was a huge show, and it was it was big in the UK. Was it was it originally was it a UK production originally? Is that how how it all started? It's an it's it's a BBC ABC co-production, mm. and yeah, it's all available on YouTube. Not quite legally, but it's in pretty good quality on YouTube. It was quite a cringy show and you kind of felt this is not really how we all are, but that was one of those original reality shows and the accusations of it all being edited down to make them look bad, etc. Um, Sylvania Waters is just a few minutes down the road from here. I remember when it was such a huge show, they actually had a barbecue at their house and I went there with my mum to actually meet them and get a barbecue off them. <laughs> <laughs> and I was waving to the sun from the balcony. He was waving on. I had my video camera with me, and he's he's on the balcony waving as I was eating a sausage. Is, is, that, is that the one? I, I think that there might be footage of this on YouTube also. But I think it might have been there might have been a Today FM outside broadcast yeah, of Black Thunder's sort of. That's probably what it was. It was related to a radio station. So yes, right. I'll have to see if I can find that footage. Oh, that's amazing! Wow. Yeah, please do. I'm I mean, so <laughs> wow. I had no idea. I mean, again, this is like how innocent were the nineties. They just in, they just sort of basically told people the address that they live at. Yeah, you know? you just go there and <laughs> it was kind of revealed in the show anyway, where you know where they lived. But you know, these days they would really try very hard to protect people from from the potential of being stalked or whatever by weird people. And and back then, yeah, this is our address. Come round for a barbecue, just like. It really was a different era. The whole part was that a commercial station was seeking interest in their own version of Sylvania Waters, and so up comes a little bit of a sketch starring Ali Donison, Eric McFan, McFean, my apologies, uh, he's from Neighbours, uh, and Craig McLaughlin as well from Neighbours, and someone resembling East Street's Mr Bad. They threw every single soapy cliche into the entire one-minute bit, which uh, falls flat on the audience, but if you're aware of how it all works, it was bloody funny. 
Craig gets to say, how many times do I have to tell you I've got the lead in the Rocky Horror Show? <laughs> Countdown Classics, and the theme is the Ladies of Countdown with tributes to Marsha Hines, Cheetah, which has uh, Lindsay and Chrissy, and Christy Allen. Yeah, Jane's really getting into it. She knows the lyrics really well in this segment, doesn't she? And because it's always a running joke with uh, Molly Meldrum, yeah, Molly expresses his appreciation for Linda Rodstadt. <laughs> also showing, okay, hey, check out this lady. And if you just read between the lines. What about that for a lady, he says, yeah. He says, because I, I had to write this down, this lady is definitely my heartthrob. <laughs> and uh, this week I'm showing you what I think is the ultimate in ladies. Tommy G's line following that is, it's not really an expert opinion though, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <Or something>. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, to be fair, Linda Rothstadt's pretty good. You know, as a singer and everything, but uh, not Molly Meldrum specialism women. There was also tributes to Pussyfoot, Nusha Fox, and Elton John. Mm, had that looking there. Yep. <laughs> Tommy's countdown hornbag is the girl with the big <laughs> norgs from Promises. Hey, 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 she's got a name. Her name's Leslie now. Come on. Hey, I'm just <laughs> quoting what Tommy said. Yeah, we actually, when I was Googling this, we just typed in woman with the big norms promises and then <laughs> Leslie came up. <laughs> Tony talks about Robert De Niro and his previous jobs and how he, what he did before he got into acting. Jobs including being a waiter, being a contestant on a quiz show and being a weatherman. And, yeah, any, any sort of impressions that, that, that I, I would do of Tony doing Robert De Niro would not do any of it justice. So I'm, I'm just I'm going to stay right, right out of it. We can't recreate this. But, if you know it, yeah. you know it. Yep. <laughs> but look, yeah. just, just, just like the Woody Allen impression earlier, it's, it's just spot on. He, he's doing, um, he, he's sort of recalling De Niro's performance as Travis Bickle in Taxi Driver, which I think De Niro won an Oscar for. It's certainly a very acclaimed film, Taxi Driver. And the famous phrase, is that what you want? Oh, there you go. I, 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 <laughs> you deserve that. Nice. Yeah. Is that what you want? You want me to come on this podcast? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> try, it, try it in your own home. It's great fun. The next sketch is a throwback, which don't know until the big punchline happens, which is Robert De Niro. Tony Martin as Santa. Yeah, that's another classic one, isn't it? And he's, yeah. he's basically uh, the kid, the poor kid's like, oh, I want a tow truck dragging a car along. Is that what you want? Should I fly up to the top of the North Pole and get some elves to make that stuff for you? Is that what you want? Sorry, I, I tried. <laughs> well done. I think everyone needs to do a De Niro by the end of the episode. Will that make you happy? Is that what you want? Is that what you want? You want yeah, me to yeah, that, do a that, that is what I want. You just want me yeah. to just put on an American accent and just try and fail miserably. Is that what you want? Is that what you want? Well, f*** you. F*** you. <laughs> yeah. Santo and Mick take pride in their clothing. And clothes maketh the man, but dental maketh the bedazzler. Yay! Yay! I was watching this just before, and my daughter's like, "Yeah, what is this meant to be?" And and I realized she didn't realize this was actually a real ad, and that once she realized it was actually no no parody, this was actually real. Then she understood why it was being shown. (laughs) But yeah, it was one of those ones where. we used to just quote in the playground, be safe, be seen, be dazzled, which was Santo's <laughs> line at the end. Um, and they probably did get a bedazzler to actually 
spruce up those jackets of theirs. Um, it's a fashion statement that's worth heaps. It'll turn all your old clothes into something that's actually able to make you some money, apparently. Turn ordinary jeans into expensive fashion by adding studs or stones, which were just bits of plastic, really. The bit that I can't believe about uh, the bedazzler is it's like any sort of invention. Like, it, you're, you're reliant in, in having to have those studs and fake jewels to put in the bedazzler in order to bedazzle up your clothes. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know whether you can get replacement jewels or whatever you want to call it, um, let alone the actual bedazzler anymore. It's sort of, it's it's like, you know, razors and razor blades, really. Well, yeah, they've, I think they've <laughs> never broken down. They're just plastic, so they're still out there. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a terrifying thought? The other flaw with the bedazzler is that, you know, it was sort of fashionable for about two years to have jewels and stuff like that on your clothes, and then a couple of years later, it's completely out of fashion, so no one needs a bedazzler anymore. But if you, can, if you can find the refills, you can make spare money at home. Yeah. I was amazed by the, that line in, in the uh, in the TV. It's just... I know, right? How convincing did it sound? Spend, you make money at home with the bedazzler. I kind, of, I kind of don't think you would be making much of a profit having to spend money on, on things to put on, on your crappy clothes. It would be your parents <laughs> sympathising and giving you that petty money. Like, oh, you shouldn't have done that to my Gucci bag and suit. Yeah, there must have been many disappointed um, grandparents at, at Christmas 1992 getting bedazzled <laughs> Target clothes. Um, we fast forward a couple of decades and the bedazzler was uh, possibly the influence to the trend of vajazzling, oh, <laughs> which happened oh, in the noughties. <laughs> and I bet that's painful too. Well, it's just glued on, isn't it? The, um, the yeah, I don't think you actually use a bedazzler to bedazzle. <laughs> that would be a little bit disturbing. <laughs> It'd be a good second use for it, and you'd make even more money. That's crazy. Oh. Yeah. Ugh. I have no personal experience of bedazzling, so I can't no. tell you about it. <laughs> Countdown Classics, and it's a salute to the lyricists. Now, I'll just rattle off all these songs that they pay tribute to. So you have Adrian Gervitz with Classic. Gonna write a classic? Gonna write it in an attic? <laughs> gonna write it in an attic. He's got his rhyming dictionary there, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I love that edition. <laughs> now, the next song is Racy, Some Girls. Uh, yes. Some girls will, some girls won't. That one. Some girls yeah, some need girls. A... <laughs> Please continue, Daniel. No, no, no. I like your version. <laughs> some girls need a little loving. <laughs> some girls <laughs> don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is all, almost as awkward as the De Niro sketches from last time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whoever wrote the lyrics of that has probably never met a woman, uh, was my guess. It was Dean Friedman. Or Friedman, Lucky Stars. And, yeah, this is very cool and responsive. Did you see Lisa? Yes, I saw Lisa. Yes. <laughs> is that yes, what you're entering? <laughs> God, sorry, I'm going to bring somebody... up the... Hold on, I'm bringing up the lyrics one second. Uh, okay, I thought I thought somebody else might might have these, but, you know, to, to do this little... Okay. I'll ask the question. Right. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll take it. Daniel, I will be happy to <laughs> rendition with you. Go. <laughs> Did you see Lisa? Yes, I saw Lisa. Is that why you're angry? I wasn't angry. <laughs> maybe a little? Not even maybe. It must be the weather. <laughs> now, don't be a baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's our little tape. Thank you very much. 
we have Plastic Bertrand, San Plan Bung Wah. Now, I have the subtitle lyrics here, so I'm going to try and do a rendition of it, so please bear with me. All right, here we go. I'm a frog and cracker with a very deep bomb. You are the king of the divine, could grab the cup of salt. I am the king of the divine. Sam Plant Boom Wah. Sam Plant Boom Wah. I think you get the idea. Sam Plant Boom Wah. Sam Plant Boom Wah. Hey. There we go. I'm sorry for uh, destroying the attempt at Belgian accent there. Oh, well, I can do it again. Hold on. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> I am um, sorry for destroying your ears. Those actual lyrics are just so weird. I mean, I, I looked up, there's a, an English translation um, on uh, the lyrics website, genius.com, and, I mean, it's just as bonkers in English. Like the, the the part that was in in the late show, the, the English translation goes, "Okay, let's go." That babe was such a bitch. What a vibration coming on the doormat. File down, ruined, empty, but happy. You are the king of the divine. She says to me in passing, "I am the king of the divine." It's yeah. all working out for me. It's all working out for me. It's all working out for me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So so basically the song's about sex. Yeah. And him him banging some chick. Okay. There's another tune out there, I can't remember who it's by, but there's another version of it called Jet Boy Jet Girl. Yeah, I think that might be that's Elton Motello. Um and I think that might be the original. Like basically, Saplan Pour Moi was like the French remake, uh, although not a literal translation of the English version because the, yeah, Jet Boy, Jet Girl, it's a bit more explicit. The chorus of Jet Boy, Jet Girl is something like, He gives me head. So, Ooh. yeah, well, that's, that's a fellatio reference, ladies and gentlemen. That's very appropriate for Countdown, or Countdown Classics, isn't it? <laughs> The amount of sex jokes that they make in it. Especially that one time when one of the letters, the lights didn't work. Oh, oh, <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> but, but, of course, nothing nothing that Sapla pour moi could do could could top the brilliance of the next song that the the Countdown team talk about. Ah, yes. Which is one of my personal favourites. It's yeah. the Pina Colada song. If you like yeah. Pina Coladas. Getting caught in the rain. Yeah. If you're not into yoga. If you have and you a brain. Like yeah, isn't it great to see computer programmers getting into rock and roll? Everyone? Yeah, <laughs> it's such a classic line. But uh, they, they really do highlight that it's it's quite the story song, really. Mm. Yeah. I just like the yeah. fact that the lyric in it, yeah, saying that you know he's not happy with his relationship, so he goes out and tries to have a bit of a fling goes catching up with the woman and turns out that it's his wife. It's his own lovely lady. Yeah. And she goes, oh, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> what a plot twist. And the other one is Jane's favourite, which is Charlene, I've never been to me. Oh, hang on, Jane, I'll just get the sick bags. You'll need these. Made famous a couple of years later by Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, of course. It's like a poem set to music just about. 
I've been to Nice and the Isle of Greece while I sip champagne on a yacht. I moved like Harlow in Monte Carlo and showed them what I got. I've been undressed by kings and I've seen some things that a woman ain't supposed to see. <laughs> I've been to paradise, but I've never been to me. <laughs> Yay! You're, you're, you're really bringing out the performer in me at this uh, episode. Such a musical episode. <laughs> I can always do Plastic and- Bertrand again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we could do we could do Charlene to that backing track. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. There we go. Hey, you know what paradise is? It's a lie, a fantasy we create about people and places we'd like them to be. But you know what truth is? It's that little baby you're holding, and it's that man you fought with this morning, the same one you're going to make love with tonight. That's true. That's, That's love. That's revolting. <laughs> oh, bring on the sick bag. <laughs> Channel 9, who was embarrassed after Australia's Naughtiest Home videos uh, was pulled off air during the broadcast. An apology has been issued and the spokesperson speaking to camera until a forced dog, Charlie, was humping his leg. So <laughs> yeah. we, that was Rob doing the apology as well. Yeah. I did like um, Tommy G's little aside, which is, you know, this hypocrisy of um, the naughtiest home videos. And then he goes, as opposed to the usual young children being injured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, which which is yeah. worse, these, these weird little videos or kids getting a you know a ladder in the face or whatever exactly the other aside that that he does right after that just saying it rates mm. again mm. very very yeah. true that tells you a lot about why they put it on in the first place doesn't it you know and and it was a, a lot of the newspaper articles at the time also referenced that sophie lee show sex and how that was controversial except that you know loads of people watched it so they knew what they were doing down at nine. People were really hard up for porn back then, weren't they? I remember, <laughs> my, I remember my grandfather used to watching those SBS um, movies, like just for the full frontal nudity, like just. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, it was a simpler time back in our day. Back in those pre-internet times. Before the era of Pornhub. And in rural yeah. news, a poll shows 75% of the British public are dissatisfied with the royals. And Prince Charles, Tony, chats to Tommy G. And he's listed the people of Great Britain in order of popularity. And guess who is the most hated? Prince Edward. Water King. An unemployed gas fitter from Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And Jeremy Beadle came in third. And Jeremy Beadle, yes. How good is Tony as Charles? Tony's always so great as Prince Charles. He could be in the crown. (laughs) (laughs) He's got it down pat, doesn't he? Of darling, I've miniaturised the children. (laughs) (laughs) The next segment is Travel Talk with Jane Kennedy and we have Jeff and Terry Bailey back again for the launch of Jeff and Terry's Global Air running off the back of Compass Airlines' relaunch. 50 bucks. 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 50 
Welcome to The Late Show, coming live to you around Australia on the ABC. And how much does it cost our viewers these days? Eight cents a day. And we promise you will be getting your eight cents worth tonight. Eight cents of entertainment coming your way. Not a cent more, not a cent less. Eight cents. That very special audio snippet. Well, that was Kim. Kim, yeah, would you like to explain it? Oh, yes. Yeah. So that was my friend uh, Kenio and I. Kenio was also a very obsessive Late Show fan, and she had entire books of transcripts handwritten from the episodes and from that particular book uh, we were reading a sketch from the late show intro Mick and Tony I can't remember who was who <laughs> but, uh, I found that video a couple of years ago and it's from 1994 so that was still a couple of years after um, the late show started we were still obsessively listening and recapping and memorizing and acting out bits all throughout high school and Beyond and even even today, <laughs> but what's, I think I'm not the only one. That there was a member of the forum who who joined recently who mentioned how they are still acting out sketches 27 years later. Hey, we all did that. I did that in yeah. school when I would just do random quotes from the late show, and people all my other classmates would just go, "What the hell are you on about?" I'm I'm still doing it on Twitter, so. <laughs> <laughs> I love how hardcore that uh, that is uh, videoing yourselves doing uh, the Mick and Tony monologue. And I think uh, we were fairly quiet. Maybe we just didn't want anyone upstairs to hear us. Very <laughs> strange, strange like ladies. We're doing something ladies. extremely nerdy. Please yes. lock it down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Eight cents a day. <laughs> no one understands. Twenty inappropriate love themes, volume two. And uh, they've they've got a lot more in this sketch too. They they make it up to thirteen. So yeah, kicking things off. Uh, well, actually, it's technically fourteen. I didn't note this one down, but um, from the sketch, I remember it starts off with the start of Love's theme by um, the Barry White Orchestra. No, was it Love Unlimited Orchestra? Someone help me out here. The, uh, Barry White's Orchestra. It's that sort of that la- that first bit that leads into Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas. <laughs> Nothing says romance like Kung Fu Fighting. And uh, then it segues into the soul-stirring magic of dueling banjos. <laughs> uh, the understated splendour of 76 trombones. Then there's the unforgettable theme from Doctor in the House. I reckon that might have been Tony that put that in. It is very Tony Martin, isn't it? It's oh, the best yeah. punchline. Uh, then we have the indescribable beauty of those magnificent men in their flying machines. <laughs> And then the last one we hear is, of course, every lover's classic, C.W. McCall's Convoy. We got a break, big convoy. Rocking through the night. Oh, my goodness. I reckon you guys seriously think these are love songs. You're really into them. Yeah. <laughs> 76 trombones. Oh, hot. <laughs> you know, when it, whenever I'm in a romantic mood, I put the monster mash on, which is another. <laughs> well, here's a little yeah, confession. You know. When I used to produce love song dedications, which was broadcast in Sydney and Melbourne, I tried to squeeze in the theme from Doctor in a House occasionally. Just imagine the, the love god having to intro that. Oh, I'll do an impression. Hold on. Love song dedications on Mix 106.5. We have Ramesh on the phone. And Ramesh, please tell me what you think about your love, Emma. Oh, yeah. She's a bit all right. 
<laughs> and what song would you like? Ah, oh, the theme from Doctor in the House, please. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> the Paralympic news reading with patronising news presenters. Oh yeah. <laughs> Anyone want to take think, a hit at this one? Oh, I think this one really does hit its mark, really. In that, yeah. Especially at that time, I would say a lot less now. But, yeah, there, there would be those very patronising uh, comments that would be made by newsreaders, like hopefully meaning well, but, yeah, ultimately looking just patronising. Yeah, they really mm. nailed it, didn't they? That whole, oh, it really warms your heart. And what does Rob say when he wins the award? He goes, uh, Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Oh, it's it's just nice. They've got their people. own competition, just yeah. like normal people. Yeah. <laughs> he, he looks like a bit of a sort of prototype Mike Moore there as well, which I enjoyed. Yeah. Well, so see, also, also Jane, Jane is red-haired as well. Yeah. Which is sort of going against... Um, uh, Frontline type. I did um, add up the individual scores that the countries gave, and they were all correct this time. Oh. Yes, <laughs> my pedantry kicked in. <laughs> so we have Graham and the Colonel. There's a, a very extensive agenda of topics that they try to cover, and yeah, now and, he, no, and no time to dally either. No, yes. <laughs> now is this where you're a <laughs> bit pedantic <laughs> on this about? Mr. Andre, insert name here. A- no, Agassi. No? How, how do you pronounce it? Agassi. The colonel says Agassi. Check that out. Now I'm not sure whether I'm getting it. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm getting it right or wrong now. No, I, I think no, it's but, Agassi. No, it was always Agassi. It, it, the commentators would always say Agassi, and I'm wondering if Ag- Agassi is maybe the Italian pronunciation. Uh, I decided to just uh, Google Andre Agassi pronunciation. Uh-oh. And it brings and up a YouTube video. Hang on, I'll just wow. I'll, bring it up, I'll bring it up on my phone so that uh, you can all hear it. We're learning so much this episode. So I'm going to play it, hold it up to the thing, and hopefully you'll hear it. <laughs> Andre Agassi. Agassi. It's probably going to say Andre it again. Agassi. There we go. Agassi. Oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) We also have a very special guest, uh, host of the Eurovision Wind Machine podcast, Eurovision Hub, and a voiceover artist, and somehow connected to a pink ostrich on Channel 9, it's Danny Trigoning. Finally, have a second uh, extra special guest. <laughs> so, uh, oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, just don't cash the check yet, okay? Please. Okay, I won't. I yeah, promise. Do it after <laughs> this. <laughs> Guess what time it's for? Fun! <laughs> and that hey. is episode ten hey. of the olden days, and that is front, bottom, last stupenda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last stupenda. By the way, was the, the name that Joan Sutherland was given. In, in Italian opera circles, she was called La Stupenda because she was stupendous at her opera singing. So, <laughs> ah. the oh, okay. Well, I thought it was uh, something else totally different, saying that he was uh, completely well, stupid. Stupenda does sound stupid, doesn't it? But, yeah. but actually, in, in Italian, it, it means a really good thing. It means you're brilliant. So, oh. yeah, I really thought that it made it sound like. From bottoms away, Quiet. 
that's that's just an, an excellent gag there, and I don't know how they, they they came up with it from like obviously I think they must have been watching old these old episodes of Rush with the sound off and yeah, just trying to work out what what they would do to footage of Governor Frontbottom yeah, walking around the room, then opening the door, saying something, and quickly closing it. <laughs> Danny, you're an expert at music, especially Eurovision. Yes. Now, what would you think that would be suited for, or well, I guess South Pacific type thing, like a say something that front bottom would do? Oh. I've really put you on the spot. I'm sorry for this. You have me on the <laughs> spot here. What do you think he would oh. be suited for? Like, uh, what country really? Like, sweet? Would he be good Swedish? Would he be no, good? No, no. Front bottom definitely wouldn't be Sweden. He's he's not. He's not polished enough. Um, maybe maybe uh, uh, Poland or maybe a bit of North Macedonia. I reckon he'd do it right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not Sweden. So, oh, no, okay. No. All right. So he'll sit we'll into the Polish. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the one thing that I think is missing from Eurovision contestants is is a certain punsiness. You know, <laughs> you, get, you get camp, you get openly gay, but you don't get punsy, and that that is the quality that that front bottom brings to his, you know, performance style. Let's just say that. Well, we're in the middle of national final season, which is very exciting, and you get to kind of learn all of these acts that just never really make it anywhere. So there may be some good quality punsy ones, <laughs> okay, within national finals that don't actually get to Eurovision. But yeah, I'll keep an eye. Mm. Oh, Inspired by a front bottom, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> do, do also let us know, Danny, uh, if there are any bell bottoms uh, in oh, any yeah. of the. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sink the slipper is back, and they have Tony and quote Mick. Uh, but this week's contestant is the mum from Sylvania Waters, Nolene Donoher, the person yeah. who looks Yay. like Nolene Hogan. She, she does look like Nolene Hogan. <laughs> she looks an awful lot like her. Yeah. Oh, yes, I have um, <laughs> Sylvania oh Waters diary. <laughs> I have to admit this was bought, uh, used, I don't know when, probably in the 90s, but I found it um, wow. at my mum's place. But it's um, the Sylvania Waters diary is actually um, Nolene's own story. So it's where she talks about what happened in the background and how the ABC and BBC production started and also talks about the um, how she was misrepresented and it goes through all the episodes and, and discusses um, what how the selective editing process happened and also how she's been getting threats and all this. Sort of, so it's, it's very her story. Um, I was fiddling around with a the scanner there because there is a page where it's um, around the time of the Sink the Slipper episode where she talks about um, how she was being unfairly edited and the the picture was so small that I had to actually scan it in so I could zoom in and read what it was saying. Um, but it's, it's quite funny because uh, Laurie, her husband, um, described uh, in the Sunday Telegraph as the patriarch in the rea- real-life drama, has slammed the um, ABC and the program's producers for misrepresenting the family. Um, he talks about all the selective editing, um, how they contrast the, his family and, and his kids, his son's kind of less less rich lifestyle I should say they, they, they kind of contrast their lavish home with him and all this sort of thing um, then there was this story about 
Laurie, who in the past had actually had a dispute with a neighbour and rammed a, a hose down his throat and he was charged with assault. Um, that was 15 years prior to the, the Sylvania waters. So it says here, um, Donahue admitted yesterday he had been charged with assault after a dispute with a neighbour when the family lived at Mortdale. That's another suburb close to Sylvania waters. Um, he said he had been threatened and in defence had rammed a garden hose down the neighbour's throat, smashing some of his teeth in the process. It was 15 years ago. It goes to show we are quite normal, he said. <laughs> Donahue was charged that is with not assault. Normal. How is that normal? Yeah, and then it says... That's like the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and then he says, I'm sure anyone in my position would have done exactly the same thing, he said. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just remembering all yeah. those times that my dad shoved a hose down someone's mouth and broke their teeth. I mean, that was that was a weekly occurrence around my house. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he goes on yeah. to say they'd been asked to view the series before it was screened, but it was but were turned down. Funny about that. Um, yeah, and then yeah. they talked about how they, they're waiting for some someone to make them an offer to make another show that talks about their side of things. So, yeah, that, I had to zoom in to read it because it was literally that small <laughs> on the page. Um, but it's quite an interesting little book. It talks, has lots of, um, she's obviously has a very extensive clippings collection. Did she have any regrets at all? Oh, yeah, the, the whole thing's full of, full of regrets, really. Um, she, she, she says at the end, um, I'm sorry for any heartbreak I've caused you. And to my stepchildren and my own children, I say one final time that I'm sorry for any heartbreak. Well, that's yes, not, and she uh, did not undertake to do it for notoriety or for gain. It was innocently done, and I say sorry to those I have offended. But um, she talks about a few episodes that she liked as well. Episode 9 was one of her favourite ones because it co- actually covered her many different aspects and of the family and the day-to-day living. Laurie stocking the bar fridge and cleaning the boat, myself and Pat chatting in the kitchen and Mick building a garage and all of us talking about Paul and Dion's forthcoming wedding. This was more in line with how I expected the show to turn out. We have a toilet break and Jane introducing the natural seven, you take the high road. Now, wasn't this full of class? It's a thing. I, I love this. I, I love this Scottish-themed um, song. <laughs> they're, yeah. all, they're all in these ridiculous kilts and, and there's a lovely kind of Scottish scene that they've they've made in the ABC studio, including a papier-mâché stone bridge, which it looks like a, a stand on because it would probably collapse if they all went on it. But, um, yeah, I thought that would be great. It's exactly the sort of like my grandmothers would have loved. Yes, and all those beautiful natural seven legs in kilts. Oh, yes. <laughs> Did anyone freeze frame it when the men were just to make sure they were <laughs> to see if they were wearing any other To our guest, Danny, uh, how, how many points did you give it? Do you think it would be disappointing? Oh, for the toilet break? Oh, yeah. I think I'd probably give it a solid seven. Yeah, an <laughs> average, but nice. it's definitely not du Yeah, I think it's a good solid seven from you know jury of one. Yeah, you know if if the UK splits up, you know because Scotland's threatening to leave the UK at some point, which would mean they would have their own um, Eurovision entry. Then I assume this is the kind of Scottish entry we're going to get in the future. Oh I'm, please! I, I'm, I'm also wondering because you know the UK always comes last in Eurovision, and I'm wondering whether Scotland might be a bit more popular in the Eurovision scoring. Who knows? The thing is they split up in junior Eurovision. So England hasn't been in Jesk for quite some time. 
Mm. And instead we've got Wales, which is great. And it's lovely seeing Wales as its own entity. So, oh, look, I fully support Scotland being their own entity at, at, at Eurovision and Wales because there's been so many amazing Welsh singers yeah. You know, representing the UK. So, yeah, but look, honestly, as long as we don't get anything from River Dance again, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray, you've made it to the end. Thanks for listening to the Best Of Volume 2 of the Champagne Comedy Podcast. Don't forget to hit us up on any socials because we're quite active on it. you got facebook.com forward slash champagne comedy at TLS Champagne on Twitter or send us an email, Show at gmail.com. Or visit our website, champagnecomedy.com. Now we'll leave you with a song that wasn't meant to be one. It was a production sting soundbite that really grew out of hand and was badly sung. Once again, my name is Matt. Catch you on the next episode. Take it away. Uh, me. July 1992. A comedy show came on. It was on the ABC. What could go wrong? A bunch of degenerates. At 10pm, that's fine. It was called The Late Show, now a product of its time. 50 bucks! What we need, flummoxed and there's more. Things us walks will never do. Would finish donuts, Oh, Bad hat, bad hat, naughty sleep, doyen, Robbie's done we. Fellas, fellas, language please, it's champagne comedy! News desk, muckraking, shirty, the slightly aggressive bear. Looting to Luigi and Connie Capriccioso's hair. Australians all let us rejoice for we wear tightly jeans. Make love to her like a tiger while we all wear ski V's. I could go on and on and on and I will. But these moments when you quit the show and you get glares from hell. Cause it's a product of its time. I swear I mean no offence. A product of its time. You don't get the reference. A product of its time. Just watch the best bit. Then you'll see A product of its time You'll get the joke just like me Pleasing all the water keys With a toilet break Countdown classics with Jane and Tom With Molly's updating take Accidentally was released Commercial Crime Stoppers 2 There's Graham and the Colonel And Charlie, we love you Boonie, dead set legend Damn, I'm still in Glen Rowan Yes, I do looks like a Logie And there's something for Judge Cohen Body of Christ that would be nice. Once there was a time and place when this show was in your face. We watch our bootlegs to soothe the knees and make this podcast with a name to please. There never will be a full release as this show is a timepiece. For everyone who is a fan, this podcast is their playing cause it's a product of its time. I swear I mean no offence. A product of its time. You don't get the reference. A product of its time. Just watch the best bits and you'll see. A product of its time. You'll get the joke just like me. There's plenty of quotes yet to come, so this is what I've gone and done. Here's a breakdown with some cuts where you can go f*** us. We're still number four. Opinion noted. A product of its time. I swear I mean no offence. A product of its time. You don't get the reference. A product of its time. Just watch the best bits and you'll see. A product of its time. You'll get the joke just like me. I don't know. I think, uh...